This is On the Block with Stricken Nate. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big 8 tournament champion. And Hokie Homer turned Husker, Nathan Brennan. Everyone knows that I'm the smartest person here. Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Brought to you by Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul. This is On the Block with Stricken Nate. You are on the block with Stricken Nate, but I beg to differ. Nate Doggy Dog is not the smartest guy in the room. Oh, come on. <laughs> I beg to differ. Well, no, in my defense, in my defense, I have to fence this. It was during a crossover when it was just me, Nick, and Rico. So I said I'm the smartest person here. I, I think I'm going to stand by that You're going to stand by that. I, I ain't mad at you. Because I was with Rico. But Nate. we always thank everybody for joining. If you think Nate is the smartest one in the room, 402-464-5685. Hit us on the side. Line and say yes, say, say yes or hate. Hey, no, come on. No, <laughs> you don't no. Hate. say yes or no. Yes. I just want to say, if you just say yes or no, I know what you mean. Yeah. You know why I said that, Nate? <laughs> why is that? <laughs> Nate, hate. It rhymed. I, I'm a rhymer. No, I, I no, don't know. No, no, we don't want hate, Nate. No, we, we love Nate. This is on the block. Thank you, 93.7 The Ticket at TicketFM.com. We always welcome you. Always thank you to the streamers that tap in on Facebook, YouTube, oh, Twitch, and Greg. Stream. Greg says yes. Yes. Okay, Greg. Start it off. Start it off. There we go. Stringy just won. But uh, listen, it was a tough win. Yeah, three Jeff, Jeff gave me a run. But we're going to talk about NFL football because there's something that's irking me right now to my core. I'm a competitor, Nate. Yeah, I love sports. You are. I'll get after it. I don't care what I'm playing. If I'm wrestling, if I'm throwing a shot put, if I'm long jumping, if I'm j- high jumping, if uh, I don't care what I'm doing. I'm playing soccer, and I don't even know how to play soccer. Like I'm trying to nutmeg <laughs> you. I'm trying to get you right. Yeah, yeah. In every facet of the game, I'm. Listen, if I'm playing hockey and I can't even skate, I'm skating around looking at who's next. Who am I hitting right now? That's how I'm skating. I'm competing. Right. Football in the NFL right now is irking me to my core. And we're going to talk about it, Nate. 402-464-5685, the Sutter text uh, text line and the Honda Lincoln hotline are open. We want to hear from you. The reason being is there's a lot of things that have been going on. We've been seeing it, a little pieces of it over the past We've been seeing the protection of the quarterbacks, which is understandable to a to a, a an to extent. A degree, yeah. You know, your Terry Bradshaws, your Dan Marinos, the lights of those, even your John Elways, they probably would have played a lot longer if they played under the rules of today. I agree. But at the end of the day, right now I am irked because what I saw over the last few games, and I want to know, is this a Tua influence situation? Or is this just the game is getting soft? I saw the game was getting soft by a lot of the the pass interference calls, the targeting calls. I'm like, dang, I played safety. I want to hit you. I'm trying to Cam Chancellor you. I'm trying to Steve Atwater you. I'm trying to uh, Ronnie Lott you. That's the way I played the game, right? You can't do that these days. No, no. Right? I want to Kenny Bell somebody if I needed to crack back. 
That's the way the game I felt was played. But now it seems like it's soft as cotton nail. Go to the <laughs> go to the freaking grocery store. Yeah. Go down the tissue aisle. Find some cotton nail because the NFL right now has become that soft. At the end of the day, let's talk about it. We've got somebody on the Honda of Lincoln hotline. We're going to allow him in just to start this conversation. Yeah. But I'm going to get back to you, Nate, because I was – perturbed yeah, when I saw no, we'll I saw the Tom Brady situation and I just saw what I saw last night I was perturbed but let's go we've got Jay on the uh, the uh, Honda Lincoln hotline right now Jay what's up tell us about it what's what's going on fellas hey, good yeah. so I saw both those games live and and the Tom Brady flag I I sat back and I shook my head and I was watching with my kid and I was like I don't even know um, as you guys know, Dawson, this is Jay from Culligan. And I looked oh, over I Dawson yeah. and I was just yeah. like, I don't, he asked me what happened. And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I, re- I really don't. And then last night, Chris Jones. If, Chandler, I, Chandler, Chandler. Fans, I, yeah. I'm telling you, he, the only reason why he didn't put both hands down is because the man was strip sacking him, trying to hold on to the ball to gain possession. Yeah. So he, so he could turn it over. What do you want him to do? I just, I don't, I really don't even know how to feel about it. I mean, it was one of the worst calls I've seen. I agree. Honestly. I absolutely agree. Um, Go ahead, Jay. Strick, and I sent in a text a minute ago. I had a question for you, and this is a lot for one call, but I listened to some of the morning shows, and I listened to BJ and some guys about Mickey Joseph, and maybe you guys don't want to talk about this right now. But how many, how many basketball games in a three-week span when you were in the NBA, Strick, did you usually play? In a three week, uh, three games in a week. Oh, that was a, that was no. A, in a three week span in the NBA, how many games did you get in? Oh shoot, I, I would have to say ten. Whew, some days it would be seven and uh, five and seven. Uh, maybe maybe another four in a week. Uh, then maybe another you know back to back, another one off, and then another five or six games. So I would say in a three week span, we can get in about 10, 15, 10 to fifteen games in a, in a three week span. So in that span, if you had an interim coach, and let's just say that you that you won eight or nine of those games, mm-hmm. you were winning. You... In, the, in the NBA, and I in the NBA and college are different. Would you would you feel like that any ownership or committee or group would want to go ahead and head a head, hand a head coaching job to someone in that short of a period of time? Um, it, I mean, for for winning at a high clip, but showing some success, but it was it's very short-lived. Do you think that's something that would happen? Um, I've taken up enough of your time, guys. I'm going to hang up and listen. Thanks, fellas. Thanks, yeah, Jay. Jay, we appreciate it. Uh, do you want to tackle that one for start, or do you want me to go? I'll let you go straight, okay. because this is, more, this is more your realm. I mean, he, he makes an interesting it's point. It's an interesting though. point. It it, it, it's something – it is an interesting point. Now, so um, I think it's nuanced. I really do. Um I think, again, it goes back to why I think Scott Frost was fired. And I still think it's nuanced as to how you can retain a potential coach like Mickey Joseph, right? The nuance to me depends on who you beat and how you beat them. How you compete and mm-hmm. and the, the, the certain teams that are on that list – would be how you win. Now, I don't think you pay them premium dollar. I think it's an earned it's an earned situation. I don't think 
the resume for Mickey would bode well for a seven to ten million dollar contract. I don't think that would be the case. I think I think if you're going to retain Mickey, I think it would be heavy heavy bonus laden, and I think you can pay him anywhere from three to five. Okay, I think that's that would be a relative contract for somebody trying to earn it. You do it on a short term, but it's heavy bonus laden because you you want to see if he is what you see is happening on the team. You're seeing energy. You're seeing buy-in. You're seeing guys changing the way that they um, you know, approach the game. You're seeing a resilience, right? Those are tangible things that you want to see on a program as it makes a shift. Anybody can come in with other people's players and either win, have success, and do something in you know, a short span of time, right. similar to what Scott Frost did. Right. Scott Frost went down to UFC, took over a program, had a bunch of guys, got them to buy in, had guys that began turned to play in a whole quick. other level, yeah. guys that were chipped on the shoulder guys, and got it turned around quick. But we saw that there was still a little carryover from when he left, right? They still had pretty good success. But he comes here and can't duplicate it. Nor could he recruit it, nor did he ever have retention. Those are the things I think are nuanced in what you're going to see with the program in order to say we can maybe turn over the reins. But I still think regardless, Mickey goes nowhere. I think whoever – I think I think Trev and the group, and I may be wrong, but when, he come, when whoever comes in, I don't think Mickey goes anywhere. I think that's part of the deal of you coming here. I think he's he would have to stay. Well, let me ask you this before we relay back over to the the quarterback issue, hitting quarterback NFL, all that. Did you ever have a coach that was fired halfway beginning during the season and what ended up happening with that coach if it has happened? I didn't oh yeah, I did actually. Um I was with the Dallas Mavericks. Um Jim Clemens was the coach. To start the season. Um, to start the season. I got I got let go mid-season, business-wise, understand. Don Nelson takes over the, se- the team mid-season. I come back. Oh. And that's how I was able to get my contract because Don Nelson saw something that Jim Clemens didn't. Were you guys more successful when he stepped in? Yeah. Did he end up getting the job? Yeah. Oh really? Well, Don Nelson took over. He was the GM, so you know, obviously that wasn't oh, well. that wasn't that was a dual situation. He came over and became both. He was the GM, fired him, then took over the coaching position. And then they hired an, a new coach the next no, season. He stayed. He stayed. He stayed. And he he began he began the start of the fifty the fifty win. The really? year I got traded, yeah, they won fifty games for the first time in a long time, and they started to make a run. And then that's when they made the shift. Uh, not too long after that, and they went. Oh shit! Ooh, shoot, um, the Indiana coach that uh, came over, Carlisle. Carlisle, yeah, that's when they shifted there. So yeah, I I haven't been in a situation half the season when somebody was fired. Uh, some coaches got let go after the fact, but mm. not during the season. Yeah, that's why it's just so interesting because I think what happens because of that is that now. You look at it, and I think the NBA is an interesting comparison when Jay says that because, one, professional, in professional, amateur, whatever you want to consider it at this point in time, you have that situation. And then on top of that, how 
do you interpret then the same between NBA and college? Does that mean you go undefeated in that three-week span? Because technically, when you look at Mickey Joseph, he went undefeated. So what is the equivalent to the NBA? Yeah, it's, it's, it's tough to it's, make it's equivalent. Interesting. It's an interesting comparison. We're going to head yeah. back to the Honda Lincoln Hotline where we have Craig. Craig, what's on your mind? Yeah, hi, guys. I uh, just had a question for you. Uh, yeah. Let me preface this. I'm a big Mickey Joseph uh, fan. I hope this works out for him. I hope he's the next coach. However, um, I've heard this multiple times by you guys and your personalities on the station that if a different coach is brought in, you have to keep this person or you have to keep that person. Well, if the tables are flipped and Mickey gets the head coaching job, do they tell him, well, no, you're the head coach, but you can't pick your staff. You have to hide, you have to keep this guy and you have to keep that guy. I, I, I don't think it's fair, irregardless of who the next coach is, for the athletic department or anybody to tell him who has to stay and who has to go. That's head coaching, head coaching's job. They, they build their staff. They get paid to do it. Thanks, boys. Yeah, appreciate I, the call, Craig. Thank you. I don't disagree with what Craig is saying. I think that is something to be spoken for. But there is something to also say when he, anybody that comes in is going to get interviewed. So they're, they're every coach on that staff, when the new coach comes in, is going to get an interview. Let's just be honest about that. There's there 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 most there may be somebody that comes in and they just may just say, "Listen, you know, your services are no longer needed." Right? <clears throat> but I think at the end of the day, there are situations when that happens. It, it, it's unfortunate, some, but there there's sometimes when people are there that are beneficial that have helped the program to get on the way that you just don't turn a blind eye to. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you you know that's a respectful thing. You know, if it doesn't work out after the year, then yeah. I mean, I think that that always happens. But I guarantee you, you can go up and down the board. You don't see total turnover all the time. Guess who's been here through multiple, multiple coaching staffs? Mm-hmm. Coach Brown. Right, right. I didn't say that Coach Brown was one of those guys that they came in and they said, well, you have to stay. But how is it that he's stayed here through, what, now four? Right. Three coaches? Well, I mean. Callahan, I think he was still here. Um, Pelini. Pelini, Riley. He's been here, I think, through that whole tenure, Scott. I'm not entirely sure. We'd I don't know when he came back or whenever. I know he's been around for a while. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know how long through that m- is. At least multiple coaches. Text line could help us out. I think for a perfect example is I'll rope it back into Virginia Tech just for example purposes. J.C. Price, when Justin Fuente was let go, there were two games left in the season last year. J.C. Price took over, ended up leading to a bowl game, and then it was made clear that, okay, we want you to stay on staff. And then the next coach, which ended up being Brett Pry there was a, a deal that if you are going to be hired as the head coach, yes, J.C. Price will remain on your will remain on your coaching staff. Yes. So if that's the move they make, Trev can say, okay, we want to hire you. You can bring in your guys, but I'm going to make myself very clear. Mickey Joseph will still be on this coaching staff. Now, the interesting part of this, and I don't know how the contracts work. I don't know how this would all shape out, but the one thing you got to look at is that Mickey Joseph has now reached the point that you're building a reputation, you're building a brand for yourself. 
So if he's not offered the head coaching job or if he's not offered maybe the offensive coordinator job, I don't know what type of role he would step into, and I don't know what that means for Bill Bush, Mark Webble, whatever have you, because those are now essentially Mickey Joseph's guys. What happens when, I don't know, an FCS school, whoever it may be, a Youngstown State, for example, what happens when they say, okay, Mickey, we'll give you X amount of money to be our head coach? I don't know how contractually that works. I don't know if there's any anything that goes on between that. But that's the only thing that you have to look at is that the more success that grows for Mickey Joseph, the more that his name gets out there, the more other teams are going to be looking at that. Yeah. Because when you look at Nebraska, and we always talk about how great coaches are at turning things around. That's the big thing. That's why Matt Rule is attractive. That's why Dave Aranda is attractive. That's why you can throw all these coaches out there that, that become attractive because they turn teams around. Brett Bielema, you could probably throw into that for crying out loud. Outside of Woody not Mel Tucker, no, not Mel Tucker. <laughs> Mel Tucker, he got the bag one year. Work. Yeah, <laughs> but you look at these guys, and that's always such an appeal for coaches. Well, if Mickey Joseph does a turnaround. However, you want to interpret a turnaround. If he gets to that point and isn't given the job, does Mickey Joseph want to return as the wide receiver coach? Right. That I mean, it, it, it's just something to keep in mind. And I'm not speculating. I'm not starting rumors. I'm just saying it's something to think about. That if you don't offer him a sizable role after what he's done this season, don't be surprised if he, he jumps. Bounces. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that, that, yeah, that's, that, that's a great point. And that's just kind of how, how I'm interpreting Craig's question and how I'm, how I'm answering is that, like, I think that if Mickey wanted to stay, there would be some type of clause. There would be something that would say, okay, he's going to stay on staff. Now, you have to have him agree to that set. But, Strick, I'll let you continue. We, we've talked about that. We've, we've broken all that down. We'll have uh, Sip come in here in a little bit to discuss that, too. But before we get to it, NFL talk. So, let's go back to it. Because at the end of the day, we don't have a lot of time on it. We may have to, <laughs> we may have to postpone. Yeah, we might we jumped into tomorrow. something that was unexpected. Yeah. That, but that's what we do on the block. That is what we, that's do, what we do on the block. I mean, we're, we're, we're pliable. We're able to make the shift. But, listen – I'm still perturbed, and I know some of you are as well. I am like I'm looking at the football game, and it's making me disinterest, disinterested. One, do you want me to do this? I've sound? seen a lot of the. You want me to do it? All right. <laughs> I've seen a this lot is of. This what you wanted, right? I've seen a lot of. <laughs> I've seen a lot of some some foolishness going on right now man there's a lot of hokey stuff going on right now and i know my guy didn't <laughs> yeah. like that but there's a lot of hokey stuff going no, on i don't like the hokey Come i am on. i am i am I'm, I'm halfway not liking football just because of all these penalties then you've got i've seen stuff called that when i look at the replay i'm like that's a fumble or that's in that's a pass interference like major you know, you even go back to the Saints game that time when they lost to Green Bay. Oh, my goodness gracious. That's the greatest missed call ever. They that makes you say, <laughs> They literally have replay because of that play. Man. They not replay for past it's, it's so crazy. And and now this, I don't know if it's the Tua thing. Is it the Tua thing, text line 402-464-5685? Is it right now, and this is the question I'm going to throw to you, is it right now that the NFL is protecting the shield and it doesn't even really have to do with the quarterbacks. It's really that they're protecting the shield. So in protecting the shield, they're making it look like they're protecting the quarterbacks. I don't know. Point. See, what this, do you is, think? this is what bugs me the most uh, about a play like that 
is th- this is how I look at it. If a quarterback is running, if running with the football passes the line of scrimmage, and you make that same exact play, same exact hit, but he is actively running, and you make that hit, you make that play, fumble, whatever have you, is it a penalty? I don't think it is. No. So why, so why, when a player is getting a sack, is it a penalty then? Because I know, I know for a fact. Well, Tom Brady might not. Other be than diving at the knees, yeah. And the, the no, ankle? the Tom Brady's a bad example because the 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 league has been protecting Tom Brady. Oh forever. gosh. But the, you look at the Derek Carr situation. What happened in the Chiefs game last night? Where I think the rule is that Jones fell on top of him, and if you're on top of the quarterback, technically. That's what warrants uh, a penalty, which I think is garbage. So, so then the rollover of Tom Brady, but that—that's that's the one I what? understand. But even the Jones tackle, it's like so. You're telling me if Derek Carr was rolling outside the pocket, he passes the line of scrimmage, he goes for a first down. You have the same exact hit. Is that a roughing the passer? Because because t- he's still the quarterback, and you're still tackling him. I don't know, man. Um, it just I my uh, mind is blown on this, and, and I think it, Craig says it's all Tua right now. I think that's a big thing too because you saw how Teddy Bridgewater get out of the game. Um, he said that he was fine. A lot of the evaluators said that he was okay, but it was the way that he got up that the NFL said no. He's going to step out. He's not going to be playing for the rest of this game. I think now they're just so cautious because of how bad the Tua situation looked. Yeah, it's a lot of scratch. I mean, but I mean, the the thing is though, like. And I don't think there's any way that you could possibly look at it and say, okay, that was like, okay, what the NFL did was right. Like, the Tua situation is bad. And now you have everyone has their eyes on the NFL and how you handle these situations. And I think that's part of it. But I tell you what, I, I think if they keep letting that happen in big games, because the thing is, the Falcons Tom Brady incident changed the outcome it changed of the game. changed the outcome of that game. That, fa- that The Chiefs ended up winning the game. But yeah, it looked like at the time the Raiders yeah. were going to pull away. Yeah, if you're changing outcomes of games in big moments, big games like that, I think people are going to stop watching. Yeah, yeah, it'll, it, the NFL is still a crazy brand and all that, but I think you're going to lose fans from it. I agree. It's, bad. it's ugly. It's bad. Unfortunately, we got to take a break right now, but it is fortunate. We'll be right back right after these messages. Ninety-three-seven. The ticket. The ticketfm.com. We'll be right back.